The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, everyone. The All-32, our coverage of every NFL team continues. Today, we're talking about the Carolina Panthers with my guy, Joe Person from The Athletic. You might wonder why Will Brinson, North Carolina resident, isn't doing this podcast. He is uh, he's still on vacation. He's been on vacation for what feels like two months now. But I am happy to talk to Joe. Joe and I go way back. I mean, like 25 years way back. Uh, you know, it's funny, Joe, like um, every every opportunity I get, I always say, yeah, I went to college with Mike Tomlin and, and Sean McDermott. I'm going to have to add Joe Person there because Joe Person is a William Mary alum as well. Joe Wright's the athletic. Joe, how are you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Uh, and you're right, man. It's it's cool to be on with a fellow tribesman. Uh that was a long time ago, but we don't we don't need to start adding up the years. It's just uh, good to have that tribe pride. Yeah. So Joe played played football in college. We marry D one one AA. They call it FCS now. But here's the thing: a lot of people would have no idea about unless they they followed FCS football for the last thirty years. Uh, Jimmy Laycock, who just retired recently, was one of the winningest coaches in FCS history, maybe even college football history. But the the number of athletes that William Mary put out on the football field is is pretty crazy given that it wasn't a big time program in terms of power five day. Um, who are some of the guys that you remember playing with that were just because Mike Tomlin was a receiver. No one remembers. No one even knows that Sean McDermott played uh, in the secondary. He was a safety sort of small school guy. You were tight end. Um, did you play with Sean Knight or was that after you? I did play with Sean Knight. He was uh, the quarterback who followed a guy named Chris Hakel. Chris Hakel was a big kid who uh, spent some time with the Redskins and the Falcons, uh, I think, practice squads. He was drafted, too, though. He was like a fourth or fifth-round pick, I think. I think I think he was. And, of course, that was back when Joe Gibbs had a connection to the program in J.D. Gibbs, uh, who very sadly died about a year and a half ago with, with brain degenerative brain disease. J.D. was a defensive back, very humble kid. Like, this was at the height of the – of the Washington's uh, success under Joe Gibbs. Joe occasionally would like helicopter down from Ashburn, Virginia, go to a game on Saturday and be back at, you know, for the team meeting Saturday night in, in Ashburn. So anyway, JD Gibbs was there. You know, who was probably in terms of in my era who went on to have the most NFL success was a kicker, Steve Christie. That's right. Steve Christie. Yeah. He's a Lambda Kai. <laughs> <laughs> you can give him the secret handshake. <laughs> That's right. I don't know if I remember it. But, uh, yeah, he actually came back probably – you probably left because I think I was a junior at that point. And I, I didn't see him, but he, he came by the fraternity house. He had a few beers, a few four to 20 beers. And I think he ended up uh, sort of giving out the those little – you know, you, you get branded or whatever. He, he got his redone. 
Ooh. And I think he, he was really bothered about the idea the next morning. He's like, oh, my God, my wife's going to see this. She's going to kill me. <laughs> I don't want to see Christy. That's right. Yeah, good times. Yeah, that was a, it was a simpler time back then, Joe. Steve, but, um, Steve Christy, you'll remember, uh, was and the one and only time I've ever gone to Canton. I was covering like a high school championship football game in the Canton area for a little tiny paper in Huntington, West Virginia. We covered up Southern Ohio, go to Canton before the game. Steve Christie's cleat is being memorialized in there because he had finished the greatest playoff comeback in NFL history, that Bills uh, against the Oilers game. Yeah. Frank Reich, but Christie's field goal won it, and they had his cleat in Canton that day. Nice. So how long have you, before the Athletic, you were with the Charlotte Observer, how long have you covered the Panthers? This will be my 11th year, I think. I started 2010 uh, in that very dubious distinction. That was the 2-14 and 14 year. Lots of dysfunction with John Fox, was a, a lame duck coach. They tried to go into the season with Matt Moore as the quarterback. He got hurt like in week two. They had to turn to Jimmy Clausen, rookie. Way overmatched, and uh, two and fourteen followed, and Cam Newton followed, and and also the hiring of Ron Rivera. So it was kind of it was, it was a lot like this year uh, in terms of you know a, a kind of a restart, which is what they're doing, of course, with Matt Rule. Uh, like Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera had to go through the lockout his first year and Cam's first year, right. So now, of course, Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater, this whole crew is having to go through the, uh, you know, the COVID and being away from the building. So Matt Rule, you mentioned him, coach at Baylor, coach at Temple, has success at both places, and he parlayed that into into the job um, at Carolina. He's a young guy. He he seems very outgoing. What are your initial impressions of him? And he, you get the impression when you hear him talk that he wants to make everyone happy. You can't do that in NFL locker room like perhaps you can in college locker room. What are your impressions of just your first impressions of Matt Rule and the challenges he's going to that's rebuilding? So I like his energy a lot, and I like the fact, Ryan, that he has not made any excuses. Like you could make a pretty strong argument that the Panthers are have the odds stacked against him more than any other kind of first year coach. Uh, of course, we know Mike McCarthy and 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 Ron Rivera both coached in the uh, NFL before a lot. Joe Judge is a new coach, but he has a, a returning quarterback. So, you know, Matt Rule has exactly one year under his belt of, uh, of, of NFL experience, and it was in his assistant offensive line. But I'll, I'll, having said all that, anytime we've gotten him on a Zoom or, or what, what have you, he's not making excuses. And I, I think – his players notice that, you know, because you start doing that kind of stuff, and then then the players have a built-in excuse. And and I, I've liked his energy. He's a guy that knows both sides of the football, I, I, and, and because of that, I think he he knows enough to where he can delegate, and but but not be all too hands-on. I mean, he's really more of a kind of overseer, program builder than he is like an offensive or a defensive play. Coach. Yeah, in a lot of ways, that that's the ability to sort of give up the micromanaging part of it can can serve you well if you have the right people around you. So let's talk about that. Joe Brady, William Mary alum, but he's uh, substantially younger than we are. This is his first year in the NFL. Obviously, he had a meteoric rise last year with LSU and that offense that turned things around. 
from the year before when they were mostly run bases, felt like. And then Phil Snow on the other side, who's a veteran defensive coordinator. Um, what are the challenges that, that both these guys face coming from different perspectives in terms of age and experience and, and the rosters they have around them? Yeah, I mean, kind of what we were talking about earlier. I mean, the, the challenge for Phil Snow is he lost a lot of good players. Uh, I think, I th- and we'll, we'll get back to offense. I, I think, I think Joe Brady's got some weapons. Phil Snow, you know, he walks in the door and Luke Keekley's retiring and Daryl McCoy's leaving in free agency. Mario Addison's leaving in free agency. Uh, they're letting, they're not re-signing James Bradbury. They had a lot of, of talent on defense that, um, that left. And so he's really kind of starting more from scratch. Uh, than, than Joe Brady. Uh, Brady, <laughs> he said this this week on a Zoom with us. He said, you know, I think anyone would envy an offensive coordinator who gets hired and inherits Christian McCaffrey. Right. It's absolutely the, 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 what Joe Brady walks into. And, and then even Teddy Bridgewater, I get the impression that this was a hand-picked guy, a hand-picked dude uh, by Joe Brady. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people kind of forget that before he had his big run with Joe Burrow last year at LSU, Brady was a low, low-level offensive assistant in New Orleans. And as such, when the Saints traded for Bridgewater before the, what would that be, the 2018 season, um, it was like right before week one. It was it was like an end of training camp, end of preseason trade. And so uh, – Sean Payton and the rest of the offensive staff, they were getting ready for their, their opening week opponent. And the job of kind of bringing Bridgewater up to speed in, in that Saints offense fell to Joe Brady. And he and Bridgewater developed a bond then. They've stayed close uh, over the years. And as I said, I, when it was very obvious that the Panthers were going to move on from uh, Cam Newton, I think Teddy Bridgewater was Joe Brady's guy. They went out and got him. Doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to be the answer for five years, but I think it's a, he's a good bridge type of quarterback actually from Cam Newton to whomever comes next. If Bridgewater blows it up and he's looking like that guy he was in Minnesota before that uh, horrific injury, well then good. Then they resign him and the, they roll with him. So I, I, I kind of like that signing for a, a team in rebuild. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. And, um, you mentioned Christian, Christian McCaffrey. We saw what Clyde Edwards-Alaire did for that LSU offense last year for Joe Burrow. And Christian McCaffrey feels like a souped-up version of Clyde Edwards-Alaire in terms of versatility. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire caught 50-plus passes last year. And we all think about Joe Burrow making these passes down the field. How important is Christian McCaffrey, his versatility uh, in doing not only helping Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater, but helping um, Joe Brady do what he wants to do offensively? Yeah, that's huge. Um, Brady said this week that, it would be injustice to call Christian McCaffrey just a running back. Yeah. He's not going to use him as such. He'll get plenty of touches out of the backfield, obviously. But yeah, I mean, you, you make a great point with, 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 uh, the, the LSU kid put him out. Uh, and I don't know how much he did of that, but Christian McCaffrey will be, he'll be spread out a lot. I mean, they'll have a lot of empty backfields. McCaffrey will be a part of that. The tight end, Ian Thomas, will be a part of that. So, and and listen, it's not like Norv Turner was lining up Christian McCaffrey in, in an I formation and giving him power off tackle. So, 
you know, they, they were already doing a lot of this, but it's always cool to bring a fresh look to it. It's going to be a, this Joe Brady offense is going to have a ton of Saints influence, obviously. I mean, that's just where he learned. Uh, I did a interview a couple weeks ago with Will Greer, their, their backup quarterback. And he said, Oh yeah, like all the cutups we're watching are Saints and LSU. And uh, so Brady will put his own stamp on it, uh, but it's going to be fun. And uh, like, I don't think this team's going to be particularly good, but I think the offense will be fun to watch. Yeah. So you mentioned the defense earlier. I want to ask you about, you know, you mentioned all the losses. They drafted Derek Brown, which seemed like a pretty easy pick given where they were. They got Jeremy Chin, the safety in the second round, and also Yutir Gross Matos, the, the edge rusher out of Penn State. How important is it going to be for those guys to step up from day one, giving all the losses they had and, uh, you know, sort of help out Brian Burns last year's first round pick? Yeah, very important. And, uh, and, and certainly Derek Brown will, you know, hope he'll be a day one starter. I don't know if Jeremy Chin's going to be a starter, but he'll be on the field a lot. Same with Gross Meadows. I, I'm glad you mentioned Burns because I really like that kid. Yeah. Uh, of course, he, you know, they drafted him out of Florida State last year thinking to, to run a 3-4. Well, now Phil Snow's back in a 4-3. And so there have been a lot of people, you know, on my, on my Twitter or whatever, you know, how's Burns going to do in the 4-3? I'm like, this kid's a football player. I mean, is he a little lean? Yeah, but he's, a, he's just a fast twitch edge rusher who was in the middle of a terrific rookie season until he stupidly got frustrated, punched the ground in Houston and broke his wrist. Right. Tried to play through it, but I, I like him a lot. He's he's gonna he's gonna have to be a guy in this rebuild that you know is sort of a core fixture on defense, along with Trey Boston, who they resigned, Shaq Thompson, who they resigned. But the secondary, uh, you know, the cornerback position. Especially when you're playing in a division with Drew Brees and Tom Brady and, and Matt Ryan, you know that said they let Bradbury walk. Dante Jackson has been hit or miss his first two years, and then you know they're kind of taking a flyer on Eli Apple. Yeah, so that I, I think they're going to give up some big numbers uh, <laughs> in the secondary. It's a tough, it's a tough division too. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back talking more Panthers with Joe Person. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, Joe, you sort of touched on it. I don't know if this is what you would go with or you would go with another position, but if, if there's a biggest position battle to watch as we move towards 
whatever training camp looks like. Is it the secondary or is it somewhere else as long as the offensive line? What do you think it is? Yeah, probably a couple different ones. I mean, Jeremy Chin, there's two new, two new guys kind of vying for Eric Reed's old, old in the box safety spot. Uh, Justin Burris, who they signed from Cleveland. And then, uh, and the guy we've mentioned, Jeremy Chin. Probably because of my FCS background, I always am a sucker for, for these one double A kids. And Chin comes out of, uh, comes out of Northern Illinois. Uh, he was a zero star recruit leaving his Indianapolis high school, hits a growth spurt, goes from something like 5'10 to 6'3. He can run, he can hit. Obviously he didn't have, you know, didn't play in the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, but he he held his own at Senior Bowl, and I think that's where he really got on the Panthers' map and radar. And uh, so I'm interested to see him. You know, the funny thing about the position battle, uh, and and I'm sure I'm going to do a story like that, but it's almost like, man, this first year just almost feels like Matt Rule. It, like, I don't even know if they, they're, they're going to throw everybody out there and see what sticks. You know, like, if you can make a case that you're going to be position battles all over this place, which if you're like a young, unproven guy, like, you better be, you know, you're fired up. Yeah. Because it's a clean slate. Uh, you know, they obviously they have some guys they sort of penciling in at, at various spots, but if some dude just comes out of nowhere, it's like, okay, cool, put him in there. What what do we have to lose? We're, we're not really expecting, not not really. They are not expecting to contend this year, and so it's a developmental year. And uh, you know, I think they're going to treat it as such. Yeah, Vegas agrees with you because their win total for the Panthers is five and a half. So um, I don't know if I love the Panthers winning six games or seven games. That seems like a, a good start for Matt Rule. So what's the ceiling or, or, or the floor for you in your mind? What would be success for Panthers fans? Matt Rule's first year, a lot of question marks, mostly on defense. Probably success would be – I don't even know what the win total would look like. Let's say five or six. But they're in a lot of games. They have guys that they can say, okay – uh, Steven Weatherly at defensive end, who we signed from the Vikings, he showed us he can play and be a difference maker. Or maybe it's Justin Burris. Or, you know, maybe it's Robbie Anderson. You know, they they need to come out of this year with the guys they feel like are going to be the staples of when they hope either in 2021 or maybe more realistically 2022. Uh, and a lot of these guys, it's interesting. If you look at their free agents, with the exception of Shaq Thompson, who was already here, it was all one and two year deals. Like that, it was it, the whole the whole idea is like you. Everyone's on a prove it deal. If you're if you're part of it, we'll resign you. And if not, hey, we appreciate you being here. You were part of this kind of weird bridge period, for lack of a better term, and. uh and and we're going to sign some other guys and draft some other guys. So lots of those short contracts, and uh, and they have a lot of money to spend in future cap years, of course, depending on what this all play out with, with the COVID and so forth. Right. Uh, one last question uh, about owner David Tepper. Do you think he'll have the patience to sit through what 
looks like not going to be a great year on paper because we know – I don't know if he got frustrated, but clearly he wanted to make changes. Started with Ron Rivera. Cam Newton's gone. Luke Kuechly retired. He hired a bunch of analytics guys. Do do you think he's going to have the patience to sit through what could be a three- or four-win season? You know, the only reason I say yes is I remember we were in a press conference with him. It wasn't even a press conference. We were kind of around like a a boardroom table. It was, was, you know, it was a media gathering, but kind of like, you know, a small gathering. And someone asked him basically what you just said, what you just asked me. And he was, he was the one who said, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. He's like, He's like, do you think our – and he posed the question sort of back to us, but he he said, do you think our fans would be cool if we have a couple years of struggle, if it meant like a lot of sustained success down the road? And we were all kind of, well, you know, sure. <laughs> I, I do think l- – listen, Matt Rule got a seven-year contract. He ain't going to be that patient. But absolutely, I, I think everyone sort of understands. Marty Herney seems to be – the general manager seems to be like the one guy <laughs> – and Marty's kind of near the end of his rope in terms of getting your retirement date. But he's like the one guy who doesn't seem to like want to buy into the whole rebuild concept. But I think David Tepper's on board with it and willing to be patient. Well, that's great. That's great for Carolina Panthers fans. And maybe someone should, should pass that clip on to Jimmy Haslam in, in, in Cleveland. Uh, renowned lack of patience there. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski might appreciate it. Joe, great talking to you, man. Usually I see you at the Super Bowl and the Senior Bowl Combine. I'm glad I got to talk to you. In the offseason, you can follow Joe at The Athletic, at Joseph Person on Twitter. And uh, in my mind, best tight end in William Mary football history. You're too kind, man, but this was fun. Uh, hope you and your stand- family stay uh, healthy and safe, buddy. Same to you, man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.